0: End of an era, the comics club that formed to take over comic conventions in the late 1980s and morphed into the twice yearly extravaganza at the Twin City Fairgrounds is pulling the plug. Um, And 2022 is the 50th year of comic conventions in Minnesota. There's been some dealer event every year since the first convention in a sheet metal union hall Back in the fall of nineteen eighty three. So uh, again, he's what I remember back when I was selling off was it Crazy Comics? I did that graveyard scene with all the comic shops sale. Oh, yeah. And he came and he gave me a lot of shops that had closed like in the seventies and early eighties. Uh, and I know I, I gave the artwork that Dana did to Nick because Dana did that artwork, and I, I think I have a picture of it somewhere. If not, I have the copy of it because that was kind of the goodbye thing that I uh, I put on the thing. So, anyways, I got I got that to read. I've got the the MCBA's thing to read, and then I've got what uh, what's the name of that joint? The Minnesota con guys wrote. So if you want, that can be kind of our segue to that. And then of course they have their last show, April 8th. Which is what Kelly wanted. He just wanted to go 30 years and then pull the plug, but I was surprised to see them hook up with the Minnesota Cons. So, and I have no clue if I'm doing a blog on charity booth or not. After the last one, I don't think I want to <laughs> a lot of fucking work. I mean, much as the thought of having an extra grand in my pocket is good, I also kind of miss because, you know, halfway through the day, all the guys disappear and go for lunch. And it might be fun just to bring the recorder and just say, hey guys, let's do a, you know, a con memory show that I can throw up on the podcast. So there you go. So anyways, I just want to make sure I get all my pages lined up and just erase the window row I had of all my comics <laughs> to talk about. Are you ready?
1: Hello and welcome once again to Crazy Comics and Stories. It's me, your charming and delightful old Uncle Rap Bastard. And because Joe's not available,
0: <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Long as <laughs> situation, <laughs> <laughs> I have to grin it. I don't know how you doing now. to Hang on a second. There we go. Slow it down a little, little bit. Ding. Still sort of One more time. There we go. That's a little bit. I'm still talking a little bit. Hang on a second. Let me one more time. There. How's that? Oh, there. I'm telling but, you.
1: Who is this?
0: This is Crazy Joe Ryder. No longer on the end of this wires. And how do you say it? The bits and wires. We call Tubes the internet
1: wires. We call the internet.
0: Because and the I'm I, no, I do that. Because I'm because. No,
1: well the reason I do it is because way back in like the early 2000s there was a senator in Alaska who said that well Did the in Alaska yeah just a bunch of tubes and wires it's not like a dump truck
0: well that's the funny thing because I'm no longer at the other end of tubes and wires because I just got hooked up to high speed internet via fiber so I've got a long glass tube, <laughs> not the first time, snaking into my house to a converter, which then goes to a a wireless thing, which bounces off two other ones. So I got wireless all over me, and uh, I, I I had a clock. I'm over a hundred megabytes. So, but I, I do gotta admit, sometimes I get way too excited about it, and I just had to slow my speed down. Just a. For you Luddites that aren't catching up with me. (sighs) But hey, how in the rat bastard pig biting world are you? Uh, I'm half awake. Which half?
1: Uh, The half that doesn't want to shovel all the snow that fell today.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, we always talk about the weather and we don't do much about it. Of course, you had one advantage because you work from home, right? Yes. And Chris decided to work from home today. Uh, the interweb disconnect was fairly painless because we, we made sure the wireless was up and running, the new high speed, and then we just unplugged the old modem. But we have a snowstorm that it's, – uh, it's a snowstorm. It's nothing major. It's not a blizzard. It's just a Minnesota snowstorm. It's messing up the rest of the country. It sounds like South Dakota shut down because of whiteout conditions, ice down in Rochester, tornadoes farther south. It's the same storm that came through Reno, where my daughter lives. And they got tons of rain, followed by tons of snow, three to five feet in the valley, four to eight feet up in the mountains. And that was like one of three. It's so much snow that even the snow area said, guys, don't even try to come to us because we the roads are shut down and we want to guarantee your safety. But I imagine by now they're up and running. Well,
1: the only reason I know how bad it is, um Pulp Comics and Games closed today at 3. Oh yeah. Mind's eye closed at 3. Pussies. Um Hot Comics Jordan closed at 3. That's,
0: that's how I is. get
1: my that's how I get my news when comic yeah, shops say closed? hey the weather's bad. Don't come see us because we're closing.
0: And I got to admit, when I had Hot Comics, first of all, it's Tuesday. Crazy Comics wasn't open, the little 500-square-foot shop. But when I owned Hot Comics St. Paul, I just stayed – I stayed open. And usually, if you made it, I don't ever think there was a Tuesday you didn't make it.
1: No, because I had to make it into work. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, – kind of lied my way into a deal (laughs) where I, when I got the job at American Express, Mm -hmm. I told them that the group home I worked at had a meeting on Wednesday afternoons that I had to go to. So I sort of set myself up. I would come in a half hour early, stay a half hour late, boom, boom, boom. And then I could leave at noon. I didn't tell them that that group home meeting Ended in 1996.
0: Hey, <laughs> if they wanted to know, they should have asked.
1: If they wanted to know, they should have called that group home.
0: Because I don't think. But they couldn't
1: have... because it didn't exist anymore.
0: Hey, details. There's always a business record of businesses that fail if you dig deep enough. <laughs> Government doesn't throw nothing away. I mean, seriously, I can go online and look at my profile on one of those sites and I still get my address when I worked at crazy comics and owned hot comics. I just, I remember during weird weather like this. Now I would normally tell Mike and Mike, since they had to come in from far away, Oh, even Christy and some of the others don't come in. I've got this covered. I don't want you to get stuck. If you want to pick up the extra hours, you can come in a different day. Most of the time they didn't. And I even remember calling Pat Gruber once after I bought the shop from him or was, in you know, we had an agreement to do it. And I just, you know, I'd I'd call and tell him, "Oh, dude, that ride to work today goes, yeah, I know what I mean, man. It took me like an hour and a half to get to downtown Minneapolis. I said, yeah, it took me 10 minutes to get to my house to the shop. (laughs) He would just say, ah, thank you, Ryder. We lived like a mile, three miles around the lake. Even the, the bad day where it was what, like, what, 28 below or something before they adjusted the windchill. So I think we did, what, $4.95, one candy yeah. bar and one pack of Magic. And you were there. We just sat and got ready for comics and watched pro wrestling. Yep. I think the only day I can recall closing, there was the time when the tornado formed over our shop. And went into Oakdale and caused some real damage. I just remember I was with Dana. We were out garage sailing. And I saw severe weather was coming. And she really freaks at severe weather. And I said, well, Dana, I think bad weather's coming. Do you want to come here go to the shop? Well, she had to go to the shop. Of course. uh, She loved little Mike. And, of course, when we got there, there were, like, two customers, Mike and... All I remember is looking out the window and seeing debris flying, kind of just floating in a straight line and thinking to myself, hey, that looks a lot like tornado, but it's not spinning. Well, yeah, it was. It was just way far out. A, a lightning bolt hit across the street. Uh, there was a rickety sign that like fell into the Dairy Queen parking lot, and there was nobody in the Dairy Queen parking lot. I think we had locked the doors to keep the wind from sucking it out which should have been the second clue it was a tornado. (laughs) In the meantime, Dana was in the middle of the shop with the guy's girlfriend and she was scared. But eventually, I know, I think I just told Mike and Casey might've been working there at the time. I don't remember. I just told him, go home. There's no power and I can't run a business without power. A few customers came by and I said, you know, I mean, I can... Give you your comics. We can just write up what you did and you can pick them up later. And Most of them said, no, nah, I'll just stop back tomorrow. About five o'clock, I know the ladies at the video store left. And so that gives a clue because that was before Or was it Carol. I had to have been, I don't know, whoever was there. Maybe it was a hair salon. Whoever, whoever was in that shop between me and where the hobby shop was that Carol and Ron ran. And then I look in the back and there's a light glowing. It's not on because I had turned all the lights off because I didn't want the circuit breakers to blow. I called that the Spirit of Jack Kirby light because it never turned off the rest of the time I owned the shop. And I flipped the lights on and oh my God, it's working. Everything's on. So I turned the lights on, opened up, Mike went home. Chris came by, I got Dana. So that was kind of a partial closure. I do. I think I had a few snow days, but I don't recall them. But most of the time, I would just tell the boys, "Stay home, because you're coming in from Wisconsin. You're coming from River Grove. I'll cover it. Don't worry about it. Forget about it." But see how I knew it was going to be bad, because I went out. I did one drive out to get some Arby's, because I got to have a reason to go somewhere. And as <laughs> you know, and I got the cop car. It, it those things are built in run through snow the roads kind of suck just got to watch out for people front wheel drives that it, like it's stuck at traffic lights but you know as i was driving i noticed a truck loaded with vicks vapor rub had overturned on the highway amazingly there's been no congestion there for eight hours uh, uh, oh i got a ton of them thank you travis you didn't think i'd use that one right away did you uh,
1: well, since it's been a long time since we've actually just talked,
0: mm-hmm. talking And it's comics, a new year.
1: A few things I wanted to bring up that have happened in comics over the past couple of months that so we haven't had a chance to uh, talk about, chew the fat about, it, it, it go on and on and on and on and on about. Um,
0: Wait, first, this, is, this wasn't the third annual Corey Strode Memorial Luncheon get-together, was it? No. Well, go ahead, hit the video. Or we don't sorry. Hit the audio. All right. This is what the <clears throat> the third annual Corey Strode Memorial <laughs> Luncheon Maybe monthly Annual means Every 12 months Yeah but Corey's Not here, right? <laughs> What the hell What the hell Does Corey care That's been i we, we can't change it
1: So,
0: so it's anyways It's in the name We've already,
1: Daniel. Daniel. We've already Daniel. got
0: It's in
2: the name We've already got The
0: copyright For meeting the name Meeting sounds like There's an agenda We're just No we just We're just here So And normally we talk comics yeah. But Well there is an agenda We Quite. you. are just here because you know Pat. Yeah. Um, same reason. So here's you are. the here's the question. Since he's not here, what's well first yeah, this is Corey. Yep. Corey's representation by an empty chair. What's the first time we <laughs> recall like meeting him. Corey? Meeting Corey? Yeah. I think you and I it's the same thing. Corey will tell you about a phone call I gave him. But we were always told we, we joined the MCBF. A at the time, and we're always told, oh, this Corey, if he comes back, Corey, if he comes back, like he was a mythical second coming, and he had dropped out. I don't recall that part. <laughs> well, no, it was, it was every time we were at the meetings. We were way over on Annie's over in Dickie Town, and they'd be like, well, Corey used to do this, and Corey used to do that, you know, and you and I were there because we were like, but well, you guys are spectacularly on... Un- responsive to any retailer concerns. And then, of course, when we became the retailer reps, we realized he had a bunch of whiny pitches, anyway. I'm going to do this. How come I didn't sell much? Because you overpriced your shit. <laughs> anyways, that's Side where we, That's where Side I think note. you and I first saw Corey actually at one of the meetings when he showed up. I
1: actually don't remember my first time. Was he levitated or glowing or anything? He showed
0: up, <laughs> he
2: showed up just about as often as he shows up for these. So. Yeah, About the same time. Yeah. No, I used to
1: see
0: him more often. I played poker with the guy for years. So. Yeah. Okay, well, we're I, talking
2: about the meeting in specific, I know. not well, poker. If, what do you recall
0: the <laughs> yeah. first? I just remember him walking around the
1: con when we were trying to sell our crap, saying, I'm the best-dressed man in comic folks. I'm thinking, with that shit
0: on? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I remember. That <laughs> truth hurts. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say, Okay, our well, uh, resident cut-up Steve. Oh, he looks good on Yeah, it wasn't yeah, was yeah. yeah. what he was
1: wearing. Was, it was the size of what he was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best. It could have been yeah. a little bit. Yeah. How about it's you, tailored, Steve? What do tailored, you, yeah. When do you recall your first. Probably at the convention, but then poker. I mean, yeah. we played a long time
0: together. Yeah, a lot of poker. Now, we have a guest today since Butch bailed on us. <laughs> was... Say hello to the the, the audience.
2: Hi, uh, I'm Evelyn. I'm Corey's foster daughter.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, the question is Do you have any questions? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so what was your first time when
2: you um, I was 14 yeah. years old.
0: Oh, whoa, oh, whoa. Hey, is a oh, whole family show. Sure, oh, we can't be... I work for a large corporation. I'm leave. Yeah, I, I'm TSA. I'm scared. I'm out of here. Show I, me uh, on this bear. He <laughs> uh, no.
2: I dated his son, Mike. And... The boy. The boy. He's he, he has, has a name. Podcast. His name is Mike. Uh, But, yeah, he... He and I dated, we, we met at a, it was a teenage uh, emo kid college, like, I don't know, like, it was a gathering of some kind where a bunch of emo kids got together and hung out at a small bar where we weren't allowed to actually drink, we just got non-alcoholic drinks. That's where I met Mike, and then a couple weeks later, um, we went to his house and I met Corey and I remember us talking about comics for like an hour he Corey told Mike if you ever break up with her I'm going to be very sad
0: well that explains a lot
2: And then what was it? We, well, he eventually Mike, did. Mike and I, I think, dated for four months, but I still kept coming around. And, and it was just to hang out with Corey because I didn't really have, like, much of a father figure in my life at that time. And so I would go over. We'd watch wrestling. And, my, you know, obviously it's not just some 14-year-old going to hang out with some 40-year-old man. Mike was still there. We were still friends. Sure,
0: <laughs> Which in Chaska isn't as rare as you'd think.
2: <laughs> so I, I would go over. We'd watch wrestling. We'd, we'd read comics. We'd talk comics.
1: <laughs> the deep south of Minnesota. Jesus. <laughs> <deep>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's that's where I met Corey. And, and I still kept coming around, and years and years and years later, I lived with Corey for six years through college. Because yeah. I didn't have anywhere else to go, and my, my college was close to where he lived. So he just said, yeah, come on over. <laughs> cool. Cool. <laughs> Cool. I didn't know that about Corey. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I lived with him for he, six years. He has some nice spots. That's all we're gonna say. Now I'm gonna turn this off because we're gonna talk comics. Oh, if Corey doesn't post this on a podcast, I will. No. I'm sorry, you were gonna say something? Yeah, and see, Evelyn came even. Um The no, but, multiverse oh. is back over at DC. Oh, I haven't read number seven yet. Well, we've known that was coming anyways.
1: Well, and Mark Wade even went on to Facebook to say, um What are all the universes at DC? No one here knows. Huh. He actually had to ask fans to go through. All right. What are all the different DC universes that have been mentioned since um what was it? Since Rebirth
0: or New Fifty Two or
1: no, since Rebirth.
0: Well, New Fifty Two had Power Girl and. Uh, Huntress come over from another Earth, which was to be Earth 2, and eventually they got around to it, because they had an at- actual Earth 2 comic book, I believe.
1: Right, but Rebirth messed, Rebirth kind of hit a soft reboot on that, so he was like, We're, we just want to know, you know we got multiverse that Grant Morrison did, but there's been stuff since then. Shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Where people just, ah, here's another here's another universe without clearing it with, you know, without clearing it with uh, the higher editorial, just oh, the God. regular yeah, editor.
0: A, well, you know, really, they make as many multiverses as they want since they're not tied to the 52 thing. But I know for a while there was a specific 52 because I just, I just remember some characters blundering into a universe and killing it. Yeah. They were never brought to trial for that, which I thought was, they just wandered on to the next universe. But they actually had a list, like the monitors were following these 52 universes. Yeah, those those
1: are the one in Grant Morrison's Multiversity.
0: Yes, that's where I remember that from. And it was cool. I liked it.
1: And then people just started to add more. And more. So now Mark Wade has written up the list of the universes that are known.
0: Is that on his Facebook page?
1: No, it's in a comic he just put out.
0: Oh, which one? Oh, gosh. It wasn't the new age age or something, was it? Might have been. I'm still I haven't
1: got it yet from DCB
0: service, so. Okay, so I probably haven't got it. I just, I wanted to interject because you know i talked at festivus about my shit getting ripped off i got all but like four books replaced i haven't gotten to read any of them though and it just has taken me you know i've, I've got them all set up you know ready to read And stuff.
1: you mean you did not bring all your comics up when you went up north
0: no but i did buy some but we'll talk about that when we get there
1: you 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 and you have a spouse and everything. The one yeah. time I went up north, I brought a big old box of comics. And I sat by a fireplace where I'm sitting by the fireplace. And right outside my window was the the lake. Mm-hmm. And every so often, a deer would kind of come up and look at itself in the window. Because <laughs> they were those windows. Oh, yeah. I'd be sitting there and all of a sudden it'd be, ah! Oh!
0: <laughs> no, when I went north, we, uh, well, I should... Work my way backwards because uh, I've done a number of things, and like for New Year's Eve day, I had to work New Year's, so I had to behave myself. I we went to go see a production of Beauty and the Beast, the Broadway musical. Damn you, Disney! I got my money again. Not really. It, it, tickets kind of fell to us. This is down at the Ordway, and we saw the closing show, and. It's not something I probably would have gone out of my way to see, but it was phenomenal. And it was amazing just how many of the actors were local. And in the role we were in, uh, there was a gentleman. His son played Chip. Have you seen, seen Beauty and the Beast? You know who the characters are? Yes. Okay, I haven't. Never saw the animated, never saw the Emma Watson live. So although I know the songs and I know the characters and whatever, I didn't really know the story. Uh, I mean, I understood. Yeah, he made a curse and everybody got turned in this stuff and blah, blah, blah. So Chip was. I believe it was Cameron Graham or Tate Ashcraft, because it was a nine year old kid. So they are not allowed to work every day. Because of whatever rules. But his. I think he said it was his grandson. Was sitting. Was Chip. And that was kind of cool. Because then his mom. Chip's mom was up front. And he took the seat in back. Which was cool. And we were kind of neat. Because we you know, it didn't sell out. So we had a couple extra ones. The lady behind me. Her son was playing. There's salt and pepper shaker dancers. During some of the musical numbers. He was the salt shaker. And it was easy to tell who was who because Salt Shaker was white, Pepper was black. But I'm telling you, the only other Broadway show I've seen was Spider-Man Come in from the Dark. And it didn't really have a showstopper, but this had what you would call genuine showstoppers. The first one was the music Gaston And the audience, oh my Lord, we loved it. We just cheered and the actors just held their place until they decided to move. I mean, it was, we had to have given them a 30 to one minute, 30 second, one minute applause. It was just amazing. And then a little bit later, Be Our Guest was another showstopper where we cheered so hard that they just waited and just let us, let them have it. They got a Broadway actor's got to love when the audience reacts things, when they laugh at the right spots, when they applaud and the music was amazing. The actors who did the bell and the beast and Mrs. Potts and Gaston himself, they were phenomenal. The orchestra was great. It was just a blast. I mean, down at the Ordway was the Ordway is, is downtown St. Paul. There's so much there. It's just amazing. And I know there's some other plays coming up, including uh, My Fair Lady, which will round out their season that we may go see. And I was getting all excited because they had something for the uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, And I thought, they're coming to a small place like the Ordway. And then I had to look up and said, no, they're going to U.S. Bank Stadium, the football stadium with 50,000 people, which, by the way, is a terrible place for acoustics. And then I I thought that can't be right. They can't be going to both places. And then I look closer. Oh, red hot chili pipers. And all uh bag uh, bagpipe. Uh I still might go see that. I don't know. That day, that night, we went over to a friend's house, played a new game. Craig, have you ever heard about Crabs Against adjust Humidity? No. Well, you've heard Crimes Against Humanity, right? Yes. Same or game cards.
1: Cards Against Humanity.
0: Yeah, yeah. This one is Crabs adjust Humidity, same game. For example, one of the cards you could choose is Michelle Bachman, Furiously Masturbating with a Coat Hanger. Yes, definitely a card stopper. Same mentality, same game. So it was fun. I got to tell you, though, entering New Year's, you know how you get a headache from too much drink? Yes. I was in a food coma because. We ate amazingly. My friend made this gorgeous beef stew. The night before we went to. Uh, crooners supper club. Which is up, I believe. See if I can find where the heck that was. Oh, nope, not right. Oh, there it is up in uh, Fridley. Or Northeast Minneapolis and. Had a gorgeous salmon dinner. We are there to see Aaron Schwab and Jay Fuchs perform. I've seen Aaron Schwab on the Jason show locally. But to see her in person singing, utterly amazing. She has the voice and the talent. Just to, She's like the Twin Cities Bette Midler. That's not an understatement. Um, they're on the interwebs. You can look them up. They And what's fun to see them, usually when she's on TV, it's just Aaron performing, but Jay sings, he performs, they're constantly trying to crack each other up. It was just a blast. I was kind of my wife's Christmas present uh, because we've decided instead of getting things for each other, we would get experiences, which again, you know, we're older people, so that makes sense. doesn't mean I'm not buying comics and shit. We'll get to that at geeking. Uh, but before that, we did go up north. We went to a little place just north of Grand Marais. And the big thing we did, which was really cool, is we revisited, my wife and I anyways, Grand Portage, which is the far, well, not the farthest north state park, but it's right on the tippy corner. You know, the edge of Minnesota that kind of points out and the park on one on one side is Minnesota on the other side is Canada, literally 20 feet apart across a shallow stream. We bit cold this time of year. It was snowing. The falls were frozen. I posted pictures on Facebook. Again, my Facebook's wide open, which I'll complain about a bit when we get to freaking. See, I still got that foreshadowing sense. But I've got pictures of the falls that way. I got pictures of the summertime somewhere else in my feed, because Chris and I went earlier this year. And I'm going to do a side by side of the two because it's just gorgeous. I'm telling you, Corey, if you get a chance to take a ride up that far north, you do got to check it out because it's just fabulous. The place I used to go there because there was somebody at one of the antique stores that was selling comic books is no longer there. So that's fine. But we did stop at Drury Lane, which if you pardon me here as I. It's on uh, 12 Wisconsin Street, downtown Grand Marais, and it's the only bookstore there, and I love to stop there and pick up some stuff, and I'll talk about that in geeking. But we also stopped at the Voyager Brewery Club two nights in a row and had two fabulous meals. I'm telling you, I didn't, I, I finally today, I'm out of my, Food goma, and we're doing this on the third of July. I'm sorry, January. I wish January. So it was just it was a crazy holiday season. A lot of fun. I worked Christmas. Um, I'd missed the whole Southwest meltdown thing that was in the news, which really wouldn't affected us because if they ain't flying, it ain't going through security. So not really a concern for us. Although I do recall. Somebody was telling me the day that everything went bad, they made an announcement because Southwest canceled everything. And they just said, We cannot, the people at the counter, we cannot help you. Please do not come to the counter. (laughs) You need to find your check luggage. It is down at the other end in our our luggage area. Call the 800 number for rebookings and refunds. Boy, Southwest, you got it. uh, It was funny when I got home this is how out of, out of touch I was. I got home. I didn't realize Buffalo had a killer snowstorm and I didn't realize just how bad the Southwest meltdown was. So I started watching the news backwards and it was, yep, all the 90% of the shutdowns or canceled flights are Southwest. And 37 people passed. It was, it might be 40 now passed away in Buffalo. And then I went backwards And by the time it began, it was like, yeah, bad snowstorm hitting Buffalo. Oh, and by the way, Christmas meltdown starting, all these airlines canceling flights. It's kind of weird watching the news backwards. You should try it sometime if you want to record it. (laughs) So that brings me up to date pretty much. I think, yeah, I got to tell you, anything else I did before that is a blur. I think I bitched about it on the uh, Festivus episode. And I also, in our little piece together core. And again, I got to give a kudos out to Corey for piecing together podcasts and keeping it rolling because I would just send out whatever I was going to talk about and then you would cut and paste together. I have no idea how it sounded, but I'll be listening to those when I get back to work. It's like, hey, maybe this is good. Corey's <laughs> isolation's complete. You just mail him what you want him to talk about. <laughs> How about you? How was your, uh, if you want to go backwards or forwards, how was your Christmas, your Festivus, your New Year's?
1: I went to a Comic-Con, kind of, sort of.
0: What?
1: That Most Wanted, which used to be Captain Jack's. Oh, And then yeah. it became a, uh, they would set up at this warehouse that was also a dance studio, by the way. They had another sale. It was like the... It was um, the week after Black Friday. Was it? Or was it that weekend?
0: No, no it was the week
1: after. It was the Yeah, week because after.
0: I couldn't go because I can't get weekends off normally.
1: Yeah. They did not have it in the big room. And I looked and it, it that big room was just full of dance stuff. Hmm. So they must have just had a show or something because it was costumes and sets and everything so that entryway you come into that's where they were set up which was way too small Mm -hmm. now they had a whole bunch of stuff from the last uh i would say year They had two tables of that, and then they had one and a half tables of the old stuff. And after a little bit, I just gave up on the new stuff, because that's where everybody was crowding, and it was, oh, you know, oh, here's the first ten issues of a DC series. One, two, four, seven, nine, ten. Okay, I can't get. I can't get them in a row, so I'm not going to bother. And then, you know, and, oh, here's a random issue of this comic. And then maybe you'd find another random issue of it three boxes later. And go, oh, did I see that? And it, No, no, forget it. So I just dug through the old stuff. And I got a short, one full short box and half another. And then my uh, foster daughter, Evelyn, showed up. And she dug through comics. I even put a few pictures up on on the Facebook saying, look, I trained her well, because there she is digging through. Digging through long boxes. Looking for Sandman stuff, uh, Hellboy stuff, and Lobo. And she got a nice little stack out of it, too. But just to go through the boxes they had, for their older stuff took about two and a half hours, which was good because I'd planned. Okay. That's the only thing I'm doing this weekend. So I'm not going to rush myself. I'm not going to go, Oh crap. I got to go. Nope. you going to just take through no trade paperbacks, no bundles. um, And they said, oh, this is all the inventory. But I noticed that every so often they'd go into a back room and come out with another box. And then there's been an announcement since then, Joe.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited about this.
1: Most Wanted Comics is starting up a store in Bloomington. Now, uh, Captain Jack's was in Bloomington. I doubt it'll be in the same place, because one of the reasons they left was that rent had gotten too high. But there are a number of retail places that have kind of uh, crapped out on that uh, Lindale on 98th, 98th Street. Mm-hmm. There have been a lot of retail stores that have closed, including that big um U C D, used DVD head shop that there used to be there. I think it was called Discworld or Disco Round or something like that. But they were a huge store. They crapped out about a year ago. And I don't drive by there very often. But when I do, I see nothing has moved into that place. Hmm. So usually when um, a retail shop in a strip mall has been empty for a year, they start cutting the rent. Mm Mm-hmm. Because if you get a lot of empty spaces in a strip mall, people start thinking, oh, this is a lower end one. Or they start getting check cashing places and the kind of scummy uh, pawn shops that you don't want to go to unless you're really desperate. So they tend to, you know, we need the people. We need the people. We need the people. So we'll see what happens there. You
0: yeah. Know, so I just was looking at the their Facebook shop. page. And they haven't announced. They just said it's coming in January. Well, it's January. We're waiting.
1: <laughs> and then uh, for most of December, uh, my schedule at the group pump's kind of changed so that I have every other weekend off. Ooh. So I don't know if it'll last. And it's funny, too, because, like, next week, it's like, oh. Is there any way we could get you to work more? Is there any way we could get you to work more? Then the week after that, yeah, we don't need you at all. So I have like the whole week off. I don't have to go in any evenings. Um, I will say that there are a number of staff there who have been grabbing a bunch of hours because school is out. Mm. You know, college is out. So we'll see what happens. But actually, I had a lot of spare time over the holidays. What, Christmas? I. I worked Christmas at the group home. We only had two clients there, both of whom are wheelchair bound. So basically I just made breakfast and lunch and watched TV and read books with them. And the rest of the time I was here, I got a lot of TV in, a lot of football, a lot of wrestling, a lot of New Japan pro wrestling. I'm very happy about New Japan pro wrestling, but also uh, watched all of uh, Star Trek Lower Decks third season (gasps) it's out well yeah that was the yeah this is the third season wait it came out I think it ended in like September or October
0: so I'm waiting for the fourth
1: right oh you know what made me happiest about that was that no cliffhanger ending yes Because their cliffhanger endings have all been crap. Then I watched all of Star Trek Prodigy. Because the second half of that series dropped.
0: What do you think of that? I watched the first episode. It's interesting. And it's one of those, uh, I get around to it. But every so often I see things like, oh, Admiral Janeway is here. Not that probably. Oh, Chakotay showed up. And I'm like, well, okay. Kind of getting me excited to watch it. But I just haven't set. I did like the first episode. What do you Um, think of it as a whole?
1: Now that I've watched all 20 episodes, the first 10 are very different from the back 10. But the thing that I like about it is, you know, it's a Nickelodeon show. The animation's great. The animation is because, well, there were times at the Group Home I had to watch kids' animation, and kids' animation right now is really, like, butt-awful. But the animation for this is really good. I like the characters. I like the setting. It is very much. I think the best way to describe it is it's a kid's introduction to Star Trek.
0: That's what I had heard. And that's how it struck me. Yeah. It struck me very Star wars The characters are kind of
1: Star Wars-y.
0: But I also enjoyed. That
1: completely changes in the back 10. mm Mm-hmm. But also, it's set up like a kid program in that everybody learns a lesson. But unlike a lot of kids' programs, when they learn the lesson, it's not completely forgotten. The characters are growing as they do it. And it's very much an introduction to Star Trek. My feeling is it's a good kids' program that some adults will like because of all the Star Trek lore.
0: Yes. And that's what really... I thought was interesting because I was reading some of what happened again. Spoilers. I don't care for a show I may or may not watch, but it intrigued me. And it's because they're not full hour episodes. At least I don't think they are. Nope. They're, you know, I could like today when I got home with Arby's, I could have sat down and watched one and then continue on with whatever I was doing. I didn't. I watched uh, whose line it is anyways that I've had sitting on my uh, DVR for a while which has been canceled by the way or will come back if they think they need it they're just i think they're just shedding cuz isn't CW up for sale?
1: Uh CW has been sold.
0: Okay. Cuz I've been watching it via Strazinski because he's doing a he did a or is trying to do a reboot for Babylon 5.
1: Yeah, that's not going to be happening on the CW.
0: Yeah. And that's what you know, as things were changing, he was told well, I was told to work on it. He said no, we we're told not this season. And yeah, and then like you said, it's going to happen, but not there. Yeah. Who bought it? Do we know?
1: Yes, it's one of those uh, companies that owns a whole bunch of UF, UHF stations. Hmm. And the first thing they're doing is, uh, yeah, we're going to cut costs. I, I, I imagine that within two, three years, it's just going to be. UPN. WP. Um, like my network, where it's okay. Mm. It's or Ion. Oh yeah. Where yeah. it's okay. Here our prime time is syndicated shows. But all the stations will have the same syndicated shows. Although one thing that's really odd, a lot of the CW stations have picked up Wow Women of Wrestling, which I cover from CW yeah. Insider.
0: That was and, the thing that shocked me because I was watching the, the, ad. you know, I flipped through the ads, but I saw WoW pop up. And I'm like, I didn't even know it was on this channel. So yeah. I'm going to have to set my DVR to catch that now.
1: And it's actually doing okay for a syndicated show. It's getting around a half million viewers. Which, you know, let's be honest, that's pretty good.
0: I'll move it to Monday night and go live. Seem to work for everybody else.
1: Oh, they can't go live. (laughs) Once you watch it, you'll understand why. That thing is highly produced. Uh And, you know, I cover it. Some of the wrestlers are okay, but a lot of them are not. There's there's a lot of, okay, they know three moves, Mm -hmm. and they're going to do those three moves. And there are some times where you could tell that they've edited it or it would have been on Botchamania. (laughs) so i wonder if they're going to move more toward that where it's okay here's the syndicated show we're going to drop in and one the thing that's weird about whose line is that's got to be one of the cheapest network shows to produce oh yeah period the only one that's cheaper has got to be uh, Penn and teller's fool us oh yeah because it's in their theater the prize is they get to perform at Penn and Teller's theater.
0: <laughs> That's why I, I, it's like it may come back. The guys that have done the improv, I've seen Colin Mockery and Ryan Stiles and a few of the other semi-regulars tour through the Twin Cities oh, yeah. doing their own version. So yeah. it's still up and around. I was just a little disappointed, and I imagine it's because he's busy, that they never did get a chance to have Drew Carey come in as a guest. I think that would have been a fun throwback.
1: Um, I think it would be fun. But the problem with Drew Carey is, boy, he loves that uh, Price is Right schedule.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I He can talks imagine. about
1: how, you know, yeah, it's, um, you know, the five shows a week. But we do reruns in the summer. Um, we We usually will take, I think he said that they did the entire season in like two or three months.
0: Oh, yeah. And then more importantly, that'll give him time to work on stuff I know he really wants to do, like Geppetto, too.
1: And um, his Friday night show on uh, Little Stevens Underground Garage, where he's a disc jockey and plays some music he
0: likes. <laughs> that should be our next step. Of course, we don't have the rights to the music we like, but, you know, no. details, details. And
1: uh, believe it or not, we're almost in an hour, Joe. So one Holy of the moly. things I wanted to do. Um, There is a list that was put out a couple of days ago of the comic creators who had passed away Mm. over this last year. So I did want to highlight those. And the first is not so much a comic creator, although he has written a few comics here and there, but he's mostly a fan. Lou Mogan. He was a historian of comic books. He had a special love for the golden age superheroes. He wrote tons and tons of articles everywhere, including, you know, back in the old fanzines, back in amazing heroes, them on the internet. And uh, he's also written some comics here and there. Lately, he has been showing up in the warrant magazines, shutter and, Vamper the their Vampirella knockoff. Vampress Carmilla, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. So he's written for Marvel, Heroic, Lucky, Eclipse, uh, Claypool and others. Um he passed away the end of last year. And he has been uh, he has been ill for quite a while. You know, he's talked about his how illness was slowing him down. He passed away. But here's the list. Aileen kaminsky crumb Vic Carabata, Carlos Pacheco, who drew for the X-Men for years and years and years and years. I think, didn't he draw DC versus Marvel?
0: I don't recall.
1: I believe he drew that as well. Uh, Kevin O'Neill, whose art, We talked about him when he passed. His art was so disturbing that the comics code said, you can't clean it up. We're never going to approve his art. (laughs) Uh, He came from 2000 AD, most known for Nemesis the Warlock and the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen with Alan Moore. Kim Jung Gi, who I had not seen much of his art, but he was one of those artists that when he passed, comic artists went on and on and on about how much they loved his work. Tom Palmer, who inked for Marvel from the 60s till present. Alan Grant, who also uh, worked on 2000 AD, wrote Batman in the 90s, never stopped writing for 2000 AD, has written more um, Judge Dredd stories than anyone. Kazuki Takahashi, a manga artist, Tim Sale, who is probably best known for the work he did with Jeff Loeb over on the Batman last Halloween at Marvel with the uh, Captain America White, um, Daredevil Yellow, those books. Everett Peck, whose art I did not know. George Perez, Neil Adams, Mutu Abiko. Another manga artist. Gary Leach, best known for all of his work on British comics. I don't think he did a whole lot of American comics, but if you are an American comic fan, you probably know him best from his, the early uh, stories of Miracle Man. Tom Veitch, who was mostly an online journalist, but had worked in comics. Uh, Ian Kennedy another 2000 AD artist. Brian Augustin, who was a writer and editor at DC, uh, was at one of our conventions for the Troll Lords Reunion, because he's the one who kind of put all that together. Jean-Claude Maryse, who worked on um, European comics, as did Michelangelo Leneuve, those two whose works I don't know all that well. All but a couple were in their 60s, and it's so hard for me to fathom that the artists who were just breaking in in the 70s when we started reading are in their late 60s, early 70s, Till you remember, well, we're in our 50s. So if they were 10 to 15 years older than us, every year we lose more and more of the people who have worked in comics from the Silver and Bronze Age. So, again, when you go to conventions, thank them. Take the time. Buy the stuff they have at their table, but mostly just thank them. Thank them for what they did. George Perez often talked about how much fun he had at conventions because People would just come up and thank him and say how much they loved his art. And it meant the world to him. And you may think as a fan, oh, everybody goes up to George Perez and says how much they love his art. It never gets old. Somebody telling you they love your work never gets old. Even Howard Chaykin. Unless you're going to praise him for the work he did on Star Wars, then he's going to growl at you.
0: Although he was. Nice to my daughter when she brought him a copy of Star Wars number six to sign.
1: How old was he, or was, was it, she?
0: Oh, she I was little. Ty Holly. Yeah, little kids. Yeah, he's yeah. he's not heartless. He's not gonna growl at a kid.
1: He'll growl. At he, growl he didn't out
0: growl out at me him. for bringing him over.
1: <laughs> oh, I, I've seen Howard taking at conventions where he growls at people. I think the first time I saw him at at uh, the Chicago Comic Con in the eighties, he was. Bellowing at people. Oh, he was in a mood. And then I came up with Captain uh, American Flag number 1. And here I am. This is my first big-time convention. I'm, you know, some small-town hick. Still got dirt, you know, still got uh, hillbilly dirt on my shoes. I go, I love this. I love the storytelling. I love how you do. And he actually jumped up on the table and said, see this guy? This guy gets it. (laughs) <laughs> oh brilliant he vaguely remembers that but of oh. course you know he, he did stuff like that all the time when he was younger me it was the first time I'd ever seen anything like that I'm like oh my god <laughs> scared to death there also was an announcement about the MCBF conventions we're going to go into much more detail about it in a future episode Because I think um, 30 years is how long it will run, although I don't think that's accurate.
0: No, no, it is. No,
1: we started in 1988.
0: I know I'm looking at what Joel Thingval wrote. He said, this is the end of an era. Right. The comic club that formed to take over comic conventions in the late 1980s and morphed into the twice yearly extravaganzas at the state fairgrounds. Pulling the plug in 2023. That would be 20, 35 years. 22 was the 50th year of the comic conventions in Minnesota. There were some dealer events every year since the first convention in a sheet metal union hall way back in the fall of 1973. We're talking so, local grown. Yep. Put together but I think, clubs. I
1: think the MCBA slash MCBF. That's 35 years, not 30. Because remember, the first show was in 88, which was 35 years ago.
0: Well, if you would show up to the fucking shows and tell them that, maybe Kelly would continue it. But no, you've retired from conventions. It's not
1: that's my fault.
0: That's for not fe- my, Forgot that on Festivus.
1: It's not my fault people can't do math. But I think in a future episode, we'll talk a lot more about it and share stories and stuff. But for now, uh, before I do the ads, I do want to talk about a new service we are offering. Uh Uh-oh. If you are an artist, a writer, a musician, a creative person, somebody with a podcast, somebody with uh, a blog, we don't care. Send in an mp 3 Please no more than 60 seconds, unless it's really entertaining. And we'll give you free advertising. And the reason I'm doing this is because uh, Peter Rios, who does the Daily Rios, was part of the uh, comics first major podcast, the uh, Comic Geek Speak, has for years told comic podcasters, hey, send me a promo and I'll run it. He runs promos on his podcast. I think we should start doing that too. So if uh, you're you're selling art on the internets, if you're uh, somebody who sets up at conventions and sells Chotskis.
0: If you're a brand new shop opening up in Bloomington.
1: Anything. Anything. Just send us an MP3. We will run it. But for now, here's our ad. Our newest sponsor is NordVPN. Let's be honest. If you're out on the Internet, you need a VPN to protect you. There's all sorts of things going on on the Internet where people can track you. You could accidentally download a keylogger. All sorts of things. NordVPN gives the best security possible. It has a password manager, which generates complex passwords, syncs across all your devices, stores your notes and credit card information. It also gives you 10 gigabytes of private cloud storage, um, secure files that backs up your data automatically. But the main thing it gives you is peace of mind. It gives you peace of mind when you're... um, out on the internet, when you're streaming, when you're playing games, when you're listening to podcasts like this one. It gives you safety anywhere at any time. It protects your online activity. You get full access to all content. And if you use the link go.nordvpn.net sh3ku, it'll take you to where you can get a great deal for a one-month plan a two-year plan a one-year plan they are our newest sponsor we're happy to have them and if you would like to sponsor something here at any of the podcasts on the solitaire rose network you can just email me solitaire network at gmail.com thanks and here's all the other podcasts i do the solitaire rose radio network is currently on a pause Basically, because COVID 19 has made it so that uh, I have to work a lot of extra hours at both jobs. But you can still go and listen to my other podcast. Now, you're probably listening to Crazy Comics and Stories, which is the main podcast. But on this same feed, K R A Y Z C O M I X, is Solitaire Rose Radio. the East solo radio podcasts that I do. Um, I've done interviews, I've done short stories, I've done all sorts of things, and you can get to it right here on this same feed. I also do a podcast called Novelcast, where I take the novels I've written and turn them into free audiobooks. That's over at novels.solitairerose.com. Dangerous Dan Moore and I and of course Wolfie B. bad. give you bad advice over at badadvice.solitairerose.com. you send in your questions and we give you the aforementioned bad advice and then myself and Adam Vermillion from For the Love of Comics do the Fantastic Forecast at fantasticforecast.solitairerose.com, where we go through the issues of the Fantastic Four four issues at a time to give the plot and commentary on each issue. That's not all. Yes, I'm crazy. I still, over at PWInsiderElite.com, every week on Wednesday, do a recap of the latest episode of AEW Dynamite. I write up what happened, and then myself and Anthony Pyrus will do an audio. Now, you can only listen to the audio if you remember at PWInsiderElite.com. And if you're a wrestling fan, you should be. Where we then break down the episode, talk about what we liked, what we didn't like. Give it a grade and let you know if you should have watched that episode. Those are the other podcasts here at the Solitaire Rose Radio Network. Thanks. And since uh, we're getting back into the swing of things, next time we will have the uh, retro reviews.
0: Oh, maybe. It depends because we got two things we got to get through previews is here and i want for 2023 for us to do previews as close to the first as we can because i I thought it was ridiculous and it wasn't our fault that we do it like on the last week and because now we're recording actually i'll ask this kind of a behind the scenes stuff for the now that we're recording monday when do will do you think the shows will drop
1: uh yeah it depends I'm hoping to get them out the week we record
0: them. Okay. Could be Wednesday. Could be Saturday. depending no, on. No, it'll schedule.
1: never be a Saturday.
0: Never Saturday?
1: Never Saturday because that is the lowest internet usage there is. But I like to have them on Wednesday. However, it's going to depend on circumstances. It may be Thursday.
0: Because I already know there's a Monday coming up. I ain't going to be around. Snap.
1: Uh, how dare you How dare you
0: But on the other hand if you're no longer Sucking up every hour in the group home Maybe we can get some of these Long dormant podcasts going Like the one we started about the lost universe Or maybe we'll go back to The the uh, what, what Master was called? of Kung Fu Yes master. I was trying to think of the name of it Master of Kung Fu Many hands of Fuju <laughs> But we'll talk off podcast Because of course that's boring people
1: you know what? We never give up on them.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely not.
1: Freaking a geeking, Joe. What are you freaking on?
0: I'm freaking on a couple real life things going on. I was sad to hear about Jeremy Renner being in a serious snow plowing accident. I guess we're finding out more what happened. He was moving snow. Remember that snowstorm I mentioned about Dana? He's in Reno, and I told Dana, when he gets better, go get an autograph. You're cute. He'll do it. Anyways, he was moving snow from his driveway on Saturday, and he got run over by his own snowcat, a device to remove snow. After the machinery started to roll away when he was not in the driver's street, he was injured very seriously trying to get back in. They were talking where he's – you always worry when I hear he's critical but stable. Anyways, he has since posted on his Instagram, thank you for all your kind words. I'm too messed up right now to type, but I send love to you all. So he is appreciating the outpouring. And I mean, I was stunned. I was like, really, 2023? That's how you're going to do it? And then, of course, I was floored when I heard about NFL star dummer Hamlin collapsing on the field during the game. And his family... I guess he's still in critical condition. I, I, something about I watched the news a little bit before we came down. He's going in for a second surgery. His family members are deeply moved by the fan support. Just and then, of course, you get the dumb. I I don't want to swear, but I'm going to asshole blankety it people. Well, you know, owen they kept the show going when Owen Hart fell and died. I don't see why the NFL had to stop. Really? That's your freaking takeaway? You're an embarrassment as a wrestling fan, as a football fan, and as a human being. But it's just, oh, gosh, there's just so much of that shit out there. I mentioned earlier, you know, about I, keeping my Facebook page private or public. I keep it public. I don't care. I don't put nothing on there that. Somebody wants to confront me about, don't care. Refute what I said. That's all I That's all I need. I've been known to take down posts. But this guy was, I think, God, I'm trying to think of the argument. It was just something about the Wednesday show. You know, our people, because people are doing the same thing they had when uh, Emma Watson was Hermione in Harry Potter. You know, she was growing up. She looks cute, Hot. Dude, she's not 18 yet. Well, in this case, the actress playing a 16 year old girl is, I think she's what, 20, 21. And people are calling it out, and rightly they should. You know, she's playing a 16 year old. You don't have to fetishize everything. I got on the wrong side of this guy's argument. He went on my Facebook page and he started to, well, look at what you watch. Big. Top Models USA and there was one other one. He goes funny how everyone there is big breasted curvy. Children and I responded. I said, first of all, I'm honored that you went as far as to go on my Facebook page to see what it is that I like to follow funny. You didn't mention anything about Dolly Parton or Christina Hendricks because I follow them as well. Then again, the fact that you think these models are children it's kind of creepy on your half. I would maybe not look at so much Japanese anime. So I was pretty upset about that, but then I thought, why is this? Why should I care what this guy does? You want to look on my Facebook page? Go for it. You know, mainly because I put a lot of cool photos up there. <laughs> and if I got to tell you, I am so funny on Facebook. Maybe not that much on the, on the eBay. Speaking of closing, this is kind of a deep cut for those of you who want to go back. Uh, oh dang it, dang it, dang it, dang it! I clo- uh I lost the tab. Hang on, I'll find it. We in one of our, was it a Black Friday run, or were we just out geeking? Maybe I don't a know. comic book day. No, the the uh, store closing in Richdale, Richfield.
1: Oh, that was a uh, free comic book day.
0: Okay, and oh, Robbinsdale. I'm sorry. I, see it. It was just something that kind of I saw on the news that this it's probably one of the few, if not the only, video rental store, last of its kind in Twin Cities, preparing to close. And I know we spent a long time at it, and we talked a lot about it, and Butch had been there lots of times. I don't remember if the guy remembered Butch or not. But he's got over 50,000 movies on DVD, some on VHS. He's been running Video Universe since 1986. Probably the last one in the Twin Cities and among the few in Minnesota, and he's closing. It's just, he'd like to find a buyer, something to take over, but I think it's just, he's in his upper 60s, time not to get tethered down to something nonstop, which I understand because having a retail store, you are tied to it. If you're not there and open, you got to pay someone to keep it open for you or you lose on that money. I talked about originally retiring from TSA at 60. And then I thought, well, I'll open up a one of these secondhand stores that we're loving. Not deal with new comics from Diamond, but just people are just dumping collections, old farts like me. And a lot of these guys I talk to, including people who do new stuff, like our friend Greg Ketterer at The Source, they are constantly getting in new stuff and... He it said, it's amazing the people that are just getting rid of stuff. Even like Paul Sininsky over at uh, Heroic Goods and Games at Minnehaha, same area. He says the same thing. My b- buddy up, uh, uh, oh, he's going to kill me, Paul, up in Remix, up in Forest Lake. Same thing. He says, you wouldn't believe the people that are bringing in things because there's a definite movement of getting rid of stuff. And, again, I kind of talked about that in the beginning where Chris and I are more prone to want to do experiences. But now that I'm going to stay at TSA till I'm 62, when I'm 62, I don't think I want to be tethered down to a store. I'm having fun doing the eBay thing. Yeah, I'm going to miss doing Comic-Cons, although doing the last one, that was a lot of freaking work. I forgot how much work that is. So I may not even be doing weekend warrior shows. I I don't know what I'm going to do. But all I know is I probably won't connect into a retail store because it's just a lot of work and you're there constantly. So I do understand that. Uh, Speaking of weird things going on in the comic industry, there is a new realm of speculators out there that I just don't get. Corey, what do you think the number one thing for our show is all about? Our show? Our show. Our podcast. I'm
1: loving comics, man.
0: But we read them other blanketies. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah no,
0: these guys want to press, clean, and slab them. L I C and again, I'm I'm looking for I look for comics online. I mean, I'll talk about what the one comic I bought over my Hey, where the hell did all my comics get ripped off to phase. But all I see are these guys, They like Ultimate Fallout number four. Corey, tell the people what's big about Ultimate Fallout number four.
1: First Miles Morales.
0: And it was going slabbed upwards in the $4,000 range. But you know what's been happening lately? The price is falling. All these guys who bought it at that price, you're probably never going to sell it at that price because there are a lot of these things out there. And as more slabs are entering the market, the price is dropping. And people, it's almost like nobody wants to buy raw copies anymore. Everybody wants a slabbed copy. Sometimes it's legit. Like, Corey, you saw the, uh, I think it was Spider Man number one with, uh, who's, I can't say his name, Eminem? Eminem? Yeah, Stuart Eminem. Yeah. And I guess it was sold just through his website. So if you didn't catch it, which I didn't, you wouldn't have ordered it. I probably wouldn't have ordered it. Well, I don't know. I may have ordered it. I don't know. It depends on what a real copy costs. But he also shipped it in just a him himself. He sat every night and he put one in a bag. He put it in an envelope and licked the stamp and mailed it. No, his, his fulfillment firm, they just shipped it in an envelope. No protection, no cardboard. I would guess 70% of them I know of are damaged. So that means the ones that went 9.8 are going for silly money. But why? Why are even the damaged ones going for silly money? Another thing that's happening, I've been seeing these guys, they're getting their stuff back. The CGC has been very, very slow. Suddenly this guy gets back 50 slab Todd McFarlane signatures, spawns, uh, Incredible Hulk. Oh, what's the one he fought Wolverine in? I don't even remember. Uh other things. And it just reminds me of a comic show I went to years ago. I think it was Kansas City. And I was going around the corner. And here were these old-time dealers had entire rows of amazing Spider-Man ones, fantastic four-number ones. They wouldn't deal on any of them. I, w- I wasn't asking. I just, like, would over here. You know, a guy's like, well, oh, you got it for, like, 2000 bucks? Would you, like, go maybe 1800 well, no, and I'm like, what's the fucking point of having that many Fantastic Fours if you're not selling them? Yes, you're gonna sell one at two thousand eventually, and yeah, maybe if I was a time travel, I'd go back. Yeah, I'll give you two thousand for that. I'm gonna tell you, what, go for the nice one at three thousand, because Lord knows what that thing's up to now. But it just it didn't make sense, and it wasn't a philosophy I did when I was doing my shops. I was there to sell the comics, not to show them on display and show you how much better I am than you. But these guys, I just don't get it. Plus, I think the other thing, I've, as far as I know, and I haven't confirmed that this is true now, Todd McFarlane is determined to drive the price of his signature down. He's I'm going to sign everything. We're going to CGC it. And that's, I think that's his goal in 2023. Again, I, this is things I've heard. I haven't seen a quote. But again, 50 copies of signed. What are you going to do with them all? How much did you spend to do this? Again, you can do what you want with them, but it just—it doesn't make sense to me. But that's, you know, Corey. How many, how many times, how many different speculator markets have we gone through in the time we've known each other?
1: Oh, jeez.
0: Yeah. I, I mean,
1: like, uh, well, the, here's the thing, though. They'll never be as bad as the black and white boom of the '80s, and then the. The speculator boom of the nineties. The speculator yeah. boom in the nineties nearly killed comics. This, the black and white boom in the eighties killed all but I think three or four distributors. I mean, distributors were investing in you know the radioactive black belt hamsters, hamsters. and <laughs> and all that stuff.
0: And Free kung fu that, kangaroo. And when with that market collapsed,
1: insurance. when that market collapsed, it. Shops died, but it wasn't so much the, the fans saying, I, I screw this because comics kept selling. It was yeah. distributors who had, Oh, we got 40 cases of these. Yeah, the shops only ordered you know 2,000, but that's what happened with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so we're going to order. 20 times what the re, what the retailers did because they're going to want them and then we're going to sell them in comic buyer's guide for 20 bucks each and nobody wanted them.
0: Yeah. I mean I, Good luck only,
1: finding Miami Miami mice, but even more luck to find somebody who fucking wants it.
0: Although we did play the record.
1: Yes, we did. Yeah. So
0: anyway, no, I again, the only thing I see CGC useful for other than my personal comics that I want to keep It's great if I want to get a Todd McFarlane and get that yellow label so I know it's a genuine CGC witness signature. Although, as I talked about in podcasts past, just because you got a little piece of paper doesn't mean it necessarily is so. I found that out way back when I was in Vegas and sat through something. Guys saying, yep, Certificate of Authenticity doesn't mean anything. Corey, you and I could do Certificate of Authenticities. Oh, yeah. So, but doesn't matter. So it's just, it's one of those things that drives me crazy. I mean, I've been looking, I follow along on Facebook. I don't buy as many comics at the moment because one of my goals for 2023 is to get everything in CLZ so I can actually know what I'm missing. So, you know, yeah, if it's 50 cents, I don't mind buying it on this odd chance I may have duplicates, but. I do want to finish up my Ultraverse eventually. So, and again, I'm a little bummed. Well, I guess I'm not bummed about the MCBA end of the era. I knew it was coming. Kelly talked to me. He wanted to get the con to 30. What I did find surprising was that, and oh, did I get rid of it? Oh, remember Minnesota con that we talked about? Yeah. The next one, June 2nd and 4th. Apparently, Minnesota MinnesotaCon is pleased to announce that they have two new staff members joining the event team, Eric Marshall and Kelly White. Both come to us, and I'm reading this as it was them, with years of show experience working with the Midwest Comic Book Association and the Midwest Comic Book Fans Organization, which, as you and I know, are both the same thing. Yeah. So that is really, really cool. I've talked a little bit to Eric. I haven't talked to Kelly about that, but they're going to assist... With communication with the comic industry, creator, local vendor community. They'll assist with event floor management at the Minnesota Con. Well, I did mention when it's coming. There's a couple other cons coming up. Not a lot of people have contacted us about stuff. We already talked about the new shop. The uh, Minnesota Toy Posse doing an after-Valentine's sale February 19th in Bloomington at the uh, um, American Boulevard in the... Uh, the American Legion Hall uh, the last MCBA Microcon 3 will be on April 8th and then MiniCon of course April 9th and 7th through the 9th which will be at the Minnesota Science well, Minnesota Science Fiction Society go to MS MNSTF.org backslash mini con 56. And we did talk to Greg Ketter on free comic book or uh, Black Friday. And he said it's the biggest science fiction con I've never heard of in the Twin Cities, which isn't surprising because there's a lot of cons that come flying by that I think I'd be interested in. But the problem is, is I'm usually working those days. So, so those are the only three I've heard of again, Corey mentioned it. You've got a con, you got a shop, you're doing a garage sale con, you got art, you got a sighting of uh, Power Girl Cosplay drinking beer. Whoa, how'd that get in there? Let us know, because we're all about promotion. And, hey, I'm pretty sure Corey and I will talk about it. Did you know we got a TSA got a raise? Ooh. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll talk about that in the geeking. But, Corey, what are you freaking on?
1: In Japanese wrestling, Two longtime performers are having their final matches this week. First is Joe, you may know the Great Muda. Yes. Oh my. Uh, he is having his final match for Pro Wrestling Noah against Sting. He specifically asked Sting if he would come to Japan to be in his final match. Uh he did have his final a series of goodbye matches, including one that WWF let uh, Shinsuke Nakamura take part in. But one that you may not know, but one that I, one of the wrestlers in New Japan that I love, Minoru Suzuki, who uh, ran the faction Suzuki Goon, and is one of those guys who, when I watch his matches, I wonder if anybody has told him that wrestling's a work. To the point where, years ago, he had a match where, if he lost, he had to shave his head, and they shaved his head really badly, and he still shaves it that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his matches are always just, they, they're they stiff as hell. I've never watched a Suzuki match where, at the end of it, I, I thought, oh, you know, those, those two guys didn't work all that hard. Those his matches are the ones where afterward you go. Boy, I hope everybody's alive. Um, His his retirement is at Wrestle Kingdom tonight. Today we're recording this on the third. Wrestle Kingdom starts at 1 a.m. in the morning, Minnesota time on the fourth.
0: Oh, I'm off tomorrow.
1: (laughs) And um, just another just. Two legends of Japanese wrestling calling it a day. After last year, um, we had Jushin Thunder Liger. Now we're having the great Muda. Uh, Sting is still wrestling, which amazes me. But he did say in a recent interview, he knows how his career will end. He also will probably not have any solo matches from here on out. (laughs) Because he's 62. Um Joe you know how you had your issue with FedEx I have an issue with FedEx not as bad as yours Oh but lately what they've been doing is they've not been delivering the package you know you'll get the thing that says oh your package is going to be delivered on Friday and then Friday around noon oh we were unable to get to your house
0: Uh-huh
1: Uh-huh Uh-huh My street is already plowed now um, as soon as we're done recording, I'm going to go shovel so that deliveries can you know, come to my door. Um, yeah, you could get here. You could get here. I think it's more that the drivers are, you Wait, know, or they're given so much stuff that it's, oh, my yeah, God.
0: I'll, I'll give them that. Well, you know, and, Mark Myrtle, uh, who does a lot of sales, I, he used to work FedEx. So maybe next time I see him at a show, I'll ask him what that's. Holy cow. Minneapolis Airport is at a ground stop. Oh, wow. They have freezing rain over them right now, which ah. looks like it might even be over you.
1: Oh, then maybe I won't be shoveling
0: tonight. Yeah, just be careful if you do. I did shovel earlier. It is heavy. I just do that because I'm not working and I can go. <laughs> I don't have to stay there till midnight or 2 a.m. when the flights are leaving. Finally, <laughs> hey, I I
1: don't have to leave the house till Thursday night.
0: I got to leave Thursday <laughs> afternoon or Thursday at probably 11 to go to work maybe 10 I don't want to be late but yeah I'm so happy I get to just stay home although I did go for Arby's a
1: couple of days ago I had the worst anxiety attack I have had since um the St. Cloud convention
0: not the one I was at with you the library con no talking the lion con
1: yeah lion which 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 you've
0: talked about I believe
1: yeah yeah and I i debilitating anxiety attack I'm glad I didn't have to work at either job because I could not function it started Sunday kind of in the evening but it was very low level until um, the morning of the second and it just hit and I could say oh you know it's because of this because of this because of this because of this no it's because my body chemistry is messed up because I think a lot of it was also, I've been under so much stress for the past few months, and you can even say, you know, the past couple of years, that I had some time off, I didn't have to do anything, and my body said, good, we have been saving this up for you, to the point where I was just sitting on the couch thinking, I can't do anything right. I, I'm incapable of functioning as an adult. Never mind all the stuff I do. Never mind the fact that last year I did 200 audios. I, Between the two jobs, I worked 320-some, um, no, 3,200-and-some hours. I covered over 125 wrestling events. That didn't matter. All I could think is I can't do anything. I'm incapable of doing anything right. And it's a chemistry thing. And um, thankfully, I have uh, medication for what they call PRN, which is, okay, I know you're on regular medication, but this you take when things get bad. Kind of like, Joe, you probably have, you know, your regular medication you take, but then when your arthritis really kicks in, you have a special med you take just for that.
0: Uh, Oxycodone. I'm sorry, what? what?
1: So... That really threw me off yesterday, and that's kind of why we're recording on a Tuesday because i I couldn't even sit at the desk because it was I, I don't I don't know what I'm doing. my thoughts were racing so fast I couldn't keep up. Um, I'm glad that I understand that because I used to have those a lot, and I didn't understand that that was not normal. Now I understand that's not normal. And I'm getting help for it. I have medication for it. Uh, I I have been seeing a therapist off and on when stress gets way too high. I see my therapist once a week. And so there was that. The last thing I am freaking on, Joe, you know that I am a big fan of Guandana Land Comics. Yes. They ran into a problem with Amazon. Now, at their height, they were they were producing... 120 to 130 books a month, a week, and every so often they would get one kicked back. Hey, um, we don't think this is public domain. You don't have the rights to this, and they would send along the information that they do. Well, he sent in one. They kicked it back. He sent in the proof that it's public domain, but the right hand didn't know what the left hand was doing, so they went, ah, this is a copyright strike. Uh, we're we're getting rid of we're getting rid of your books. He had over seven thousand books on Amazon. So he emailed back the person who said that the copyright was fine and said, "Hey, I just got this notice." They went, "Oh, we'll take care of it. We'll take care of it." Then he got an email back a little while later from someone different saying, "We have reviewed your claim. Uh, we're not going to be carrying your stuff anymore." Now you would think, "Oh, well, that kind of sucks." But it's more than that. They've decided to hold all money for all the books that he sold for the three months before that. They removed his entire store to the point where uh, my friend Tommy had had uh, put in, you know, basically whenever they were doing a new volume of help. He had an alert set up, but he hadn't ordered them because he thought, well, you know, I'll wait till there's two or three. And he had them in his in his cart. They were gone, no notice of what happened. So he is going to be dealing with them through the legal system, which takes a while. And he is set up to do this through Barnes & Noble. However, Barnes & Noble won't allow him to have books unless he has ISBN numbers. And with Amazon holding three months' worth of the funds that he had made by selling books basically he was like oh crap i don't have any money so he is slowly building everything back on barnes and noble it does mean that the international sales that amazon could do for print on demand barnes and noble does not have that he's looking for a print on demand source in europe otherwise you know let's say you ordered five Gondoland books. Your shipping and handling from the U.S. to Germany is $100. That's, you know, that's not going to work. Um, the PDF, if you want to buy a PDF, you can still do that. Um, he is still putting out new books. But it was just a whole mess. And um, if you go to the uh, Guandana Land Facebook page, he is now going to be putting out a monthly magazine which is going to be like 15 bucks through Barnes and Noble, 12 bucks through him, but PDF is free. You can just download it for free. There's a link there. It talks about everything that's happened. It has kind of a catalog and it's got over 250 pages of comics and it's free. So I'm glad he's getting back on his feet. I hope they're able to get everything with Amazon worked out because the amazon prices were cheaper than barnes and noble but i'm thinking i may just buy the lifetime uh subscription you can basic you can buy a lifetime subscription where he will send you a hard drive with everything they've ever printed and then every month he sends you a a jump drive with all the stuff they printed that month three hundred dollars for a lifetime subscription You can give your lifetime subscription to somebody else. If the hard drive fails, they'll send a new one. You can put in your will that your lifetime subscription can go to one of your heirs and they will continue to get it. So I'm thinking with my tax return, I'm probably just going to go ahead and get the lifetime subscription. Joe, what are you geeking on?
0: A couple things. First of all, I I mentioned, uh, you know, crap at the airport i I don't know what's going on at t1 because that's all delta But t2 southwest canceled all their flights because they can't get the planes in so my my buddies there are not going to have to stay till two in the morning although tomorrow will be a tough day because we're right now we're kind of in a lull if you look at the radar because all this dry air from canada is kind of circling around that just means round two will be fun and all day wednesday i mentioned my rays uh it's it's kind of a wibbly-wombly, pricey-wisey type thing because I don't really know what it's going to be. All federal employees are getting like a 4.5% raise. It's just something that the government does. And I'm grateful for that because I know there are times, you know, talking to my old partner, Pat, who's in the private industry, he didn't even get a raise. And they were like, when, you're, when I got a 1% raise, he got nothing. So... Any and this is everybody. This is military. This is TSA. This is the lady counting watermelons on farm trucks. I don't know if it's government, they get it. Now, TSA itself in the budget has been given authority to not put us on the G scale. The G scale is the much maligned thing that the government loves. Everybody's like, oh, government workers are overpaid, but there's a reason why a lot of these government workers hang around for 20, 30, 40 years because their jobs aren't dependent necessarily on what they do, how they do it, but that they do it. And so you get, you don't get performance, you get it because of longevity. And ideally you do it long enough, you're doing it well. TSA tried doing the paid for performance. All that what's happened is that your average TSA person is about 30% behind what they would have made had they joined another branch of the government. Why does that matter? Guess who's suffering shortages right now? Yep. All that time TSA spent firing people like they tried me because of medical malfeasance. Uh, All the people that are coming in now and realizing, geez, for 25 bucks, an hour, I can go somewhere else and get less BS and not deal with crabby passengers or whatever. Guys like me who have been there twenty years, we're like, <laughs> got nowhere else to go. Well, actually, I got my retirement, which the countdown clock starts on my birthday, February 6th. Four more years to go. Four more years. Four more years. Hey, I kind of like the sound of that. Anyways, so. TSA has been authorized to give everybody a raise upwards of 30%. Does it mean I'm getting 30%? Does it mean I'm going to stay there till I'm 70? Not really. Probably the person who just got hired will get a big 30% or someone like a friend of mine who I'm trying to get to uh, do a thing about her podcast so we can advertise it. She'll get 30% because she's been in the same position for 20 years. I, however, have been promoted. I've been demoted. I went through the calculator. I'm getting whack, whack, wow. Yes, that's the noise you hit when you hit bankruptcy on the wheel of fortune. TSA is aware of that. But, boy, nothing gets people any more anxious. Hey, everybody, we're getting a raise. The budget's been passed. We're not shutting down the government and working for free. Oh, what are we getting? I'll tell you tomorrow. So half, half freaking, half kicking. I again, it's it's a bit of a bitch. It should have probably been in freaking. I'm just happy if I get anything at this point. And again, I'm I'm thankful that I I have at least a job I can tolerate. And if I keep my mouth shut, and I'm pretty damn sure no one from TSA listens to this here podcast. Although, if I say TSA enough, TSA, 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 it might set off one of their terrorist filters, especially since I just said TSA and terrorist and bomb in the same sentence. So, we'll see what's happened. If you don't see me next week, Corey, it's been great working with you. Speaking of fun stuff, I did stop by the source, and apparently on their customer appreciation day, they knocked down all their clearance books to a buck. I can't even tell. It's not as crazy as that. Black Friday sale we went two years ago. We walked in and we left with grocery bags full of bucks. I mean, I think I got like $200, maybe $300 in graphic novels that I'm still going through. I did pick up one that caught my attention. Again, as I read them, I'll let you know about it. But this was a novel called Gail or Timeless, Gail Carringer, Timeless. Or is Gail Carringer the one who wrote it? Must be her. Gail Carringer wrote it, Timeless a pastoral protectorate novel, and it basically involves integrating werewolves into the London High Society, living in a vampire's second-best closet, and coping with precocious toddler who is prone to turning supernatural willy-nilly. Um, and then she receives a summon that cannot be ignored, with husband, child, and tons- tonsils in tow. She boards a steamer to cross the Mediterranean to Egypt which may hold more mysteries than the indomitable lady Macon can handle. What does the vampire queen of Alexandria Hive really want from her? Why is the Godbreaker plague suddenly expanding? How is Ivy Tunsil suddenly becoming the most popular actress in all of the British Empire? And apparently this is a series, the Pastoral Protectorate. It's a comedy of manners set in Victoria, London, full of werewolves, vampires, whatever. Sounded interesting. I don't mind coming in the last chapter. Kickstarter-wise, I've talked in the past about Geek Girl, which was a book, comic book series I ran across by Sam Johnson. I initially ordered it from him, and then I lost track because he went to Kickstarter. And next thing I know, he's soliciting for issue 11, and the last one I have is issue 2. And, yeah, they have digitals, but I am haven't jumped on the digital bandwagon yet. But he did have... An offering where he was soliciting Geek Girl, Volume Three, on Facebook, and he had Volumes One and Two together. So I was able to catch up real fast, and I believe you you can go to his website, his Facebook page. Hang on a second, let me take one of these. Excuse me while I whip this out. See if he actually has a website on the back of his thing. I he might even be on Indigo. Um www.markosia.com. M-A-R-K-O-S-I-A.com. So I've enjoyed the first issues I've read of this, and I'm really, really happy to get the rest. I mentioned I stopped at a the uh, Drury Lane up in Grand Marais at 12 Wisconsin Street right downtown. And I always look for something to buy. And I did buy a book that my daughter was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you picked that. I was going to buy it for you. This is How You Lose the Time War by Max Gladstone. Uh, I'm not going to read, tell you about it, but it just, I, oh, hell with that. I'll just read the back. In the Ashes of a Dying World, Red finds a letter marked "burn" Before Reading. So begins an unlikely correspondence between two rival agents in a war that stretches through the vast reaches of time and space. You already got me right there. And it goes to red belongs to an agency, a post-singularity tech- no, technoopia. Blue belongs to the garden, a single vast consciousness embedded in all organic matter. Their paths are bloody. Their futures mutually exclusive. They have nothing in common save that they're the best and they're alone. Now what began as a battlefield boast grows into a dangerous game. One both red and blue are determined to win because winning is what you do in a war, isn't it? So. I'm just, uh, I can't believe my daughter was freaking. Like, I can't believe you bought that. It's like, well, I was sitting on its spine. How you lose the time war. Anything with time in it, I love. I did buy a book called The Most Important Comic Book on Earth Stories to Save the World, published by DK. And I was just kind of looking at it. It was expensive because I'm buying it at full price. But then I'm like, okay, let's see who's it. Ricky Jarvis? Hmm. Warren P's, Peter Gabriel. Robert Kirkman. Ah, there's a name I recognize. Alan Moore. Sold. Yoko Ono. And it's basically a graphic novel anthology full of cartoons and, you know, how to do a victory garden and a lot of websites to try to save the earth. It supports Greenpeace, World Land Trust, Wildlife Trust, Born Free Reserva. Rewilding Europe and Rewild. And just looking at some of the other names, see if I recognize any of them. Jeff Lemire. Brian Azzarello. Oh, speaking of Brian Azzarello, I did do when my, well, one of the big fun things I did over the holiday, my lovely daughter Dana came back for a week. Her and her husband stayed downtown St. Paul. We I visited did- for a little bit husband well they might as well be okay okay i was gonna have you edit that but dana doesn't listen to the show (laughs) i was gonna say they got married yeah that would be uh that would have been a shock my heart they did stay with us we ended up finding a large air mattress on sale so it was me and chris in one room holly upstairs when she wasn't with her boyfriend and then they just stayed on the mat She got here before that bitter-ass, cold blizzard wind that froze all of us during Christmas. She left and got to Reno before that snowstorm that's now blowing across us buried Reno. Well, not really. They got three inches of snow. Dana says they don't know how to drive in it. And by the next day, it was melting because temperatures are already in the 50s. In In the mountains, though, they're still digging out, and the skiing is probably choice. So... I was pretty happy uh, that she visited, that she was able to do that. But we went and we we ended up going to, well, it was kind of one of the things. We never quite sure when they were going to be there. But one day, Dana took off with to go see her friend. And I asked Zach, her boyfriend, "Yo, let's go geeking. So he went with me. We went to go grab something to eat. And then... We were looking because they were getting together to go to uh, a party and we had like an hour to go. And I'm like, well, I don't think we can get to the source because it's 20 minutes there, 20 minutes back. And I'm not going to just go to the source for 10 minutes. It's a half price. He was, I'm down for half price. So while I was there, I found volumes three, four and five of 100 bullets hardcover. So I have that now all in my collection. Brian is, uh, I can't even say the name anymore. Brian Azarello, and I'm going to look up the artist. Dun, dun, dun. Eduardo Risso. and I'm just flipping through. It looks like he did the whole thing with him. So these are the hardcover books, the whole series in five volumes. So I'm really excited to read that now. I was a little worried I might never get them because some of the out-of-print books were really expensive. And then I got another thing. Remember we talked about, is it Z, Z2 Z Comics? Yes. Oh, I got something from them. And I opened the box, and lo and behold, I see the songs of the Illustrated Al, Weird Al Yankovic, with a foreword by Emo Phillips. Unfortunately, I didn't. I became aware of this after the signed ones were sold out. But they did give me a, I guess it's like a a mat that you would put on your turntable. So it sits down, you know, so your your records as they drop or you put them on aren't being scratched. And I also got a Weird Al Yankovic Illustrated Collector Cards, which I guess everything's in the pack. Ten pictures, one sticker, one lifetime of enjoyment. So I got that from Z2. And I just, I can't wait to look at the previews because first of all, I look at, I follow Z2 on their Facebook page and I follow them online because they will announce things. And if it's the right creators, or I should say musicians in this case, I will probably go for the deluxe hardcover signed set. And I would have done that with Weird Al, but Weird Al, I'm coming for you to autograph my book. Let's see, what other goodies? Oh, I mentioned I did buy something on the Ebays. And I don't know how in blazes I miss it, but there was a Batman Superman's World Finest that had Paul McCartney on the cover singing with Superman. And you know, I have a big Beatles collection. I bought it secondhand, so I paid a little bit more for it. And I went with a near mint one. But that's all I've bought on the Ebays. It's been, uh, I've been just kind of keeping it uh, mellow. Mainly because I, everything seems to be going slabbed. I'm not big into that. TV-wise, I've watched Elton John Live, which is on Disney+, Plus, which was his farewell tour from Dodger Stadium. I, years ago, got to see Elton John Live. Guy sits down and for three hours sings. Just amazing. This My wife got to see Elton John when he came through the Twin Cities on his final farewell tour and loved it. And... What's neat on the Elvis, or I should say Elvis, Elton John show is it was originally live. So you could have watched it live and I didn't because I wasn't around and Chris had just seen it. But we did watch it and it starts with a countdown. It starts with interviews and it's got phenomenal camera angles because you can actually see, you know, see his face. He had some of his old singers. Uh, I'm trying to think of her name. Don't go breaking my heart. Kiki D. Thank you. She was on there, which was fun. They re sang that. He brought out his family. He brought out his singing partner. Uh, they had a you know quick thing. What do you miss about touring? And Elton's like, nothing. They interviewed the fans coming in. It, it was a blast. Part of the fun was that we actually got our soundbar working again. I just, you know, we had let it sit for a month unplugged. Plugged it in. Huh, it works. <laughs> We did start our tradition of going to $5 movie night. We did it the week before Christmas because the week of Christmas, they don't do $5 movies. The first one we saw was Spirited, which I guess is an Apple TV plus original film. It stars Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. And I went into it just knowing that it's a musical. They can sing And I guess it's based on, and this might be a spoiler, might not, because this is how they advertise it. Charles Dickens' heartwarming tale of a Scrooge visited by four ghosts on Christmas Eve, but funnier. And when you got Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds, and Octavia Spencer with huge musical numbers. Okay, maybe, maybe they're asking a lot, but I enjoyed the living bejesus out of it. This one could easily become a yearly film to watch. And I saw it in the theater for five bucks. I still don't have Apple TV, but Apple TV, you're doing good. I'm almost there. I did have to laugh because I did see that Robert Garcia, who's a newcomer to to Congress, will be sworn on a copy of Superman number one. Yes. Which I thought was brilliant and I absolutely love. And, Corey, more good news. We are still voting you Speaker of Solitaire Rose podcast. You, you've won the vote first time. Oh, good. Yes. And that's it for me. Corey, what you geeking on? Uh, I have
1: a, just a few things here. Um, Wrestle Kingdom is tonight. That's uh, new Japan pro wrestling's version of WrestleMania. It's been a two night show the past few years. This year, it's just a one night show, but uh, no, I am not getting up at one in the morning to watch it, but I will be watching it Saturday. I love new Japan pro wrestling. It is my favorite promotion. Uh, They, they treat it like a sport. It's, I'm not going to say it's kayfabe, But they take it seriously. Yes, there are some goofy characters, silly stuff happens. But when a heel cheats, it's still a big deal. The audience still boos when the heel cheats. The announcers are still upset about the fact that a heel cheats rather than ah, yeah, that yeah, okay. Um, it's a very stiff style, it's based on mixed martial arts. Um and one of the things about Japanese wrestling is the audience like like the US audience has been smartened up to the business but they still kind of believe that okay yes predetermined they practice the moves they go to school to learn this but in order to win you have to have the fighting spirit. So it's an odd way of looking at it and it's every year it's just a spectacular show for wrestling they don't have a lot of you know they have promos but not a lot of them and they rarely have promos in the ring it's all backstage you know when they're being interviewed Either, you know, after a match, the the victor will come and they will talk to the press. And that's kind of where they do their promos. It's a different presentation style. It's a more serious presentation style. I absolutely love New Japan. I'm glad I had some time over the holidays to kind of get back into it because I haven't had time to watch it in a while. Next up, the Moon Knight comic. I have not talked about it in a long time, but the new Moon Knight comic is so damn good. Uh, Let me pull up the recent issue so I can get you the creative. Moon Knight has his section of New York City, and he protects it. The um, avatar of Kashnu, he protects travelers in the night. And they have built up that he's not the only person Who does this? They've built up that, um, they've built a lot of stuff up around it. They've brought vampires in because vampires are night creatures. And not all of them are his opponents. Some of them he is working with against basically vampires who are far worse. The writer is Jed McKay, and they do have a series of different artists, but Jen McKay is the one who's been writing it. Phenomenal, phenomenal book. Doesn't cross over a lot into other books, but they had Tigra appear. And for the first time in ages, Tigra was taken seriously. Most of the time, you know, and it's ever since Jim Shooter got his hands on her, where it's, oh, yeah, she, she acts like a cat. And, you know, she purrs and she eats mice and blah, 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 blah. No, she's a werewolf. And because because of what Shooter did when she was in the Avengers, no one has treated that character seriously for decades. And in two issues, Moon Knight made her scary again. Made her interesting, made her scary. It was just, boom, that quick. And that's one thing I like about what Marvel does now. They're not afraid to go, you know what? We've been using this character wrong. Let's go back to the roots and just ignore all the shitty stuff. The other book that I've really enjoyed lately is Creepshow. Creepshow is a horror anthology, just like the movie, And the TV series, it's a horror anthology coming out from Image. It is as close to an EC comic as you're going to get nowadays. You know, they're not getting – one of the things that made EC great was the fact that they had a murderer's row. The best people working in comics. You're not going to get that on a horror anthology anymore, but it's a really good horror anthology. The people behind it work really hard to get a good twist ending. There's usually two stories to an issue, and when the trade paperback comes out, I'll be recommending it because I'm absolutely loving this. And then the last thing I am geeking on on the last day of the year, the 31st, at noon. FedEx guy who said that he couldn't get to my house on the 30th dropped off my box day. Now they also I also got a package from eBay where uh the local Barnes and Noble had sold out of the mad. Basically, they're doing a special mad magazine for Barnes and Noble every two months. So I have issue one, issue two, and issue four. There was no issue three because they said, oh, the special um, 70th anniversary issue of Mad is issue three. Huh? But it's a $10 square bound, like the old uh, Mad Super Size, except it's just at Barnes & Noble. And since Barnes & Noble sold out, I ordered it from them. And, you know, reprints the good stuff. So I got that with Mad 70th anniversary issue. And then on Box Day, listen to this killer lineup. Batman Catwoman hardcover, the end of the Tom King Batman story. Books of Magic Omnibus, Volume 3. You know, the first two did the Vertigo series. These are the series that came after the Books of Magic, like during wartime and all the miniseries. Captain Marvel by Sally Dutaconica omnibus previews of course the book that i spent way too much time reading on new year's day house of mystery the bronze age hardcover omnibus volume three which reprints all the hundred pagers and the first batch of the uh, dollar comics which were 80 pagers none of which i've ever read um knights of the dinner table 299 Maison ikoku number 10 And Yashima, Princess Half Demon, graphic novel number two, which is a sequel to uh, Takahashi's Inuyasha. So I spent a lot of time on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day just reading new comics. And what a great way to open up the year. Believe it or not, kids, you've listened to us blather on about funny books for over an hour and a half.
0: I know, and and I didn't even get it. This is like the fifth time I forgot. Go back and look at the comic strips from newspapers on November 26th. Most of them were about Charles Schultz. I've got a couple local papers here, and you go to Go Comics. Just a fantastic read. I haven't, and I hope they do it in a book. You remember when they did that years ago, where on Thanksgiving all the comic strips had. Mentioned something to do with world hunger, somewhere yep. lame, somewhere good. This was so beautiful, and I just hope somebody does a book of it.
1: And as we say every week, the comic we like the least, we still like better in the comic that you uh, like the most. Joe,
0: I was told watermelons can't get married. <laughs> no one said they can elope. Ugh. Wow, that was bad. Corey, let me do. Let me do it. Ugh. All right, for the first time this year, Corey, hit my music. On, bitches!